0: To the gym podcast, uncut,
1: unfiltered,
0: unreal.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the gym podcast. It is me, Randy, with our other lovely host. It's Jimbo. He's a little low energy today, so I'm going to try to lift his spirits and just keep the energy a little higher. I'm sorry, just, you had
0: to experience what you experienced. I just, I'd you like, tell me, yeah, I'd like the floor for just like a moment. Okay, okay. Randy, I had a revelation this weekend on Saturday night as I was walking um, just outside my house in the neighborhood in the rain, in the dark during halftime.
1: Dude, it's not winter yet. Come on.
0: I had a revelation that I, I don't know if I like football anymore. And I really mean that. This has been the most depressing season of my entire life, and I've I've like I can't remember the last time I really felt like just pure joy and happiness out of this sport. Like I've just I felt nothing but despair and heartbreak, and and more than anything, this like overbearing pessimism. Like there like there is no hope, there is no bright side, there is no glass half full, and I I think that's what really kills me the most here. Y- you know what I mean? So I just I don't know, man. I don't know
1: how much longer I can last at this point. Honestly, the loss wasn't that bad. I feel Randy. like nowadays... No. No, I feel like nowadays, like, okay, that puts you out of your misery kind of early, but I feel like football nowadays is so different to what it was like 15 years ago. So, like, 15 years ago, if a team was going to beat you and control the whole game, mm-hmm. it was like a... It was like, what, like a 17-7 win? Yeah. Rather than a 52-21 to win? It's just... Like with the 17-7 yeah. loss, even if you're never really in it and you're obviously physically outmatched, it's mm-hmm. still, like... You never feel like you're being completely blown
0: out. It's a little different. I understand. It's because the game has changed, dude. The, the sport has changed so much in the last five, ten years. And, and the reality is, dude, Wisconsin hasn't changed. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out here to another team that's feeling a lot of misery lately. Iowa. People people are clowning on Wisconsin, and I get it. But no, honestly, think about it. What, what have people been clowning on Iowa for this whole season? The same. Being
1: a worse version of Wisconsin. Worse
0: version and get the, like having the worst offense in the country. We have the same offense as them. I'm sorry, and I, it kills me, but like Wisconsin's mm-hmm. old school style of running it up the gut and being a real physical team, you know, just a very run heavy team. I, I'm sorry, it's it's incompatible with today's game. It, it just is. Like, we, we need no. to adapt. No, it, it is. It is, Randy.
1: I yeah. would challenge you in this one aspect is that I don't think you have to completely abandon every single aspect of it. Like, you can have folds of it within your playbook and within your game, but mm-hmm. you can't base your entire. Identity off of it, and like we do,
0: and and so does Iowa, and that's why they're struggling as well. And so I, I believe me, I actually sympathize with them. I think Iowa they have bad fans, but I, I respect their their <laughs> team itself. You know what I mean? And l- listen, man, like the, the sport of football itself, it it changes, right? Like the, the the sport today is almost unrecognizable than like twenty years ago. You know, it, it just course, it changes, of course. And and we need to adapt, and we can't just be reactive. We have to be proactive. Like that's the difference between an Alabama or an Ohio State. They're proactive. They're ahead of the curve. They're they they're the trend setters You know?
1: It's to be fair, like we held on to that style of football for as long as we possibly could until we just realized like we need the Hawaiian prince to come in. Yep.
0: Yeah. And now you have like three quarterbacks in the NFL. You know?
1: A fourth exactly. the way. Like we, we we were willing to do that. Saban was willing to do that. And mm-hmm. that's like the biggest credit to Saban that people give him is that he's always learned to adapt to the game and he got change. He's seen the trends coming. They'll complain about it, and people are like, well, he's complaining. But then he adapts better than anybody else. Exactly. And I mean, like, that's really the biggest part of football is adaptation. And I even think it needs to be talked about, even on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. It's almost like some teams just refuse to like change their game plan based on the opponent. For sure. And Iowa is a perfect example of one of those teams that no matter who their opponent is, whether their opponent is Ohio State or Middle Tennessee State, mm-hmm. shout out for beating Miami, yeah. their game plan is going to be exactly the same no matter right. what. Right,
0: right. And it's just, it's, and I think it's what constant concept
1: kind of falls into that trap too. You yeah. just kind of aren't as bad as Iowa. We're more so. competent,
0: but it's just, it's never enough. You know what I mean? It's not enough. Um, we, we'll beat the teams that are worse than us, but like the second we face a team that's just like way more physically talented than us and, and, and we'll be able to push back against us just running up the middle every single mm-hmm. play. There's like nothing we can do. There's no strategy. It's just like a simple, like we don't have the physicality to compete with Ohio state. And all their like four and five star uh, defensive ends. You have you know? one way
1: to win the game, and that's right. the only way you're ever gonna win. One dimensional that way. And that's what I appreciate. That's what I appreciated about watching Alabama. Obviously, it's fun to see us win. <laughs> but I'm saying like every time every time we win a championship, one thing I noticed about our teams is that they know how to win games a lot of different ways. Right. Uh, so for example, in 2020 and even 2021, we've won games in shootouts. We won games on last-second field goals with special teams, and we won games in defensive slugfests. We knew how to win games in a lot of different ways, and that, to me, is a big key of a great football team. For sure.
0: And it, it's just, it sucks because this team, I'm telling you, Wisconsin, for what it was, for for the longest time, we really did punch above our weight. And, I mean, in the glory years there, 2015 through 2019, really were something special, man. Like, I, I will cherish these years for the rest of my life. But it's the, it's the end of an era. It is what it is, dude. I mean, Paul Christ ain't it. I mean, it's, the end of a. It's not know, the end of Wisconsin football. It really football. is. It really is, man. I mean, if you if you don't adapt, it is. But the thing is, we're not going to adapt as long as Paul Christ is there. And our you new AD. Tower. You have talent. You
1: have talent. You have talent, man. Barry's only going to be around for so no, long. No, Barry's I mean, gone it might already, man. a little man. frustrating. It's, we have How's a
0: new. We have a new AD, and he's just he's a yes man. He's a you know an no shucks kind of guy who doesn't want any drama. Doesn't want to be the guy to fire the coach and cause <laughs> a scene. And it doesn't help that the state is, like, hyper-paranoid about spending money on on football. Like, I'm, I'm, this can get political, but I'm just going to say this. The state of Wisconsin, ever since the Scott Walker stuff that went down in, like, 2011-ish, is, like, hyper against putting money into, like, athletics, I guess you could say. It, it's, there's, it just, it's just it's this entire thing where, like, they think teachers are underpaid, and they are, and the schools are underfunded, and they are, and because of this, we can't invest in football whereas a team like Alabama knows that if you invest in the football program and the football program exceeds it's it's going to do it's going to bring back to the community you know what i mean it's not this like empty pit of money like it's it's bringing back to the university and like the city as a whole you know what i'm saying man
1: no, I completely see what uh, you're saying. Hey, maybe the solution is just to constantly schedule Alabama, dude. So like, your fans will see it and actually be like, "Oh, well, maybe this could be something cool." Like, I'm serious. I'm almost kind of serious. With I that. want.
0: I want what Ohio State has, man. Like, it's it's full stop. I, I made. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this rant off in a moment here, but I made a post on the game thread um, during the Wisconsin Ohio State game this weekend, and it got like 160 upvotes or something insane. Can I just recite this for you and then we can move on? I just, I just gotta get go some of All right. 174 upvotes. I take some solace in knowing that this is about as bad as it could possibly get and that Ohio State is likely to do this to just about every Big Ten team not named Michigan. But goddamn, it's nights like these that make me seriously question why I even watch the sport. The low I'm feeling right now is more intense than just about any high I'll get from this sport. Ohio State has utterly destroyed my hope and I suspect they have destroyed the hope for every Badger player too. I literally cannot fathom what it's like to be an Ohio State fan. To be one of the handful of teams in the nation that gets to deliver such devastation to opponents every single Saturday. To wake up on game day without that sinking pit of despair in your stomach. To not be wide awake at night wondering if your fandom is even worth it. I am seriously getting to the point where I would trade years of my life for a single win over Ohio State.
1: Edgar Allen Jimpo. There you go.
0: I'll leave it at that.
1: I, Poetic. I, I, I kind of understand. So, is basically, that even let's say you, you got to the big tension, if you won out with your style of football, yeah. it's almost almost kind of like feels pointless because like point? you just don't have what it takes. You know you're not going to have the scheme to try to out-coach yeah. out them. You're just like, what's the point? I'm not going to ever beat them, at least this season.
0: No, we, we couldn't get over the hump when we had really good teams with Jonathan Taylor. You know, we, we couldn't get over the hump with them. It's like so, like what's, you know, it's just. We you were very worked.
1: close. That's what I'm saying is you were extremely <laughs> close, and in those years, you had a decent passing attack, and you had decent receivers, like you had Russell Wilson, horny,
0: hornybrook dude, yeah. But, uh, but I digress. Enough about me. Enough sulking for for one season. Um, let's let's recap some other teams' misery, shall we, Randy?
1: Well, speaking of teams that might have some hope. Um, see, that's the thing is ACC and big 12 teams and Pac 12 teams are going to have some hope. They can, they can kind of get there. Yep. They don't have an Ohio state or an Alabama. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to talk about Syracuse, Virginia, not really as much about the game, but just about the fact that Syracuse is for no true.
0: Um, I'll be honest. They're not on my radar one bit, but, uh, good for them. I guess like they're a likable team. Do you think they're, do they're, you think they're legit? Or... Sean
1: Tucker, they're, Sean Tucker, their running back is a legitimate Heisman contender wow so he's doing very well good for them syracuse team to look out for all down. right you have a game
0: um i mean if games from last week that's out to me um one game that i really hate to say i got wrong on was clemson defeating wake forest on the road um i dude i still don't think clemson is legit but they just they keep finding ways they remind me of florida state in 2013 where they're like really fraudulent but they're just gonna keep winning do, do you get that vibe no, I
1: actually completely I've – you've convinced me because DJ way looked a lot better and Clemson looked improved. Mm-hmm. Like, they looked better. He looked better, but they still got in a massive shootout with Wake Forest of all yeah. teams. Like, their defense should have been able to stop Wake Forest.
0: 45 points they let Wake Forest score. That, that's just – that's insane. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Um,
1: Absolutely. One game I also wanted to talk about was the Maryland Michigan game. That was very much a game until the very bitter end. And Talia, was. Talia looks good. I like Talia. I'm a big Talia Dude, fan. I think yeah. he's a very good, very good quarterback. He's above average. It's just like with Maryland, they're obviously going to be at a talent disadvantage because of the mm-hmm. division they play on. They have to play Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. It's right. just a very tough division. But, and they're three and one, and with a very close loss to Michigan. I mean, this is a very solid Michigan team. If you remember, they went to the college football playoff. I think Maryland could be up to something good. Shout-outs to Trent and NSB.
0: shout out to Turtle. No, dude, I was actually insanely impressed by Talia. And you could tell, like you're saying, like the talent difference. I mean, it it felt like Talia was dropping dimes, but his receivers just weren't there. Like they weren't doing their part. Whereas Michigan, it just felt like J.J. McCarthy was just kind of being okay, but his receivers are falling out. it's just that's how it goes with these, these, uh, you know, talent gap differentials sometimes. But... Yeah, Maryland. I, I think they're 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 looking up, you know. Um, Absolutely. One game I want to talk about in the SEC, a roll tide, is uh, your favorite, the Volunteers. Uh, oh God. Kind of beating Florida in sort of a too close for comfort scenario. I, I thought Tennessee would dominate Florida, uh, but they only kind of looked okay. I, I don't know, man. Like I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I,
1: Okay, I'll say this. Florida has a lot of talent, a lot of raw talent. So, sure. I mean, it's not like Florida is some hapless team. They're just, they're. They're raw, they're undisciplined. They have Anthony Richardson, who's, like, finally a little bit better. He finally threw a touchdown pass this game. I mean, (laughs) they're just a raw, underdeveloped team. Yeah, Tennessee's in second year with their head coach with Heifel. They looked – I mean, I think Tennessee looked fine. This is about the best Tennessee fans could expect out of this.
0: That's true. I think Tennessee does have, like, a pretty high ceiling, but they also have a low floor. So it's kind of hard to make, you know, what exactly they're going to be. But as it stands, 4-0. It's it's pretty impressive.
1: 4-0. Win every game every week. Try to do what you can.
0: Exactly. All right. USC, Oregon State. USC
1: just looked horrible. I just got to be honest with I you. I didn't watch they're, it. They're hyping <laughs> this game up as like, they're so proud of this win. I get it. Oregon State is Are decent they? this year. They're 3 and 1, but they don't have the talent. And no universe should USC be even hanging with Oregon State. Yeah. The fact that. The fact that they didn't even score any touchdowns until the fourth quarter is just hilarious. And Oregon State was on pace to win it until Chance Nolan threw a horrible interception with like a minute left. Classic. USC is lucky to get away with that. And but I, just, will. I is, think it the, bodes badly for their team. It
0: does, but here's the thing. USC, like, they're the kind of team that's always going to win these kinds of games. You know what I mean? They're, they're always they going to win. the exactly. 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 And so because of that, I think they're going to keep on winning, sad to say. Uh, one final the conference they play in. Exactly. Well, one final game I wanted to talk about last weekend, keeping it in the Pac-12. Dude, I, I actually feel bad for this team. Washington State versus Oregon. Uh, for those Ooh. who watched it, I mean, Washington State was playing actually pretty dang well, really really well on defense especially, and were dominating most of the game. They had a pretty comfortable lead heading into the fourth quarter, and they let Oregon score 29 points in the final quarter and ended up losing 44-41 to uh, at home. That's just heartbreaking, man. I mean I, I don't know. Like obviously I wanted Washington State to win because, you know, they beat us, but they I don't know. It. They cooked it. That was the definition of cooking it for sure.
1: <laughs> I mean Bo Nix is very Jekyll and Hyde. It's just it's just what you're gonna get with them. He's gonna throw a horrible pick six, which he did do he at did. one point. Yeah. Or he's gonna win you the game gunslinging it. So I mean I respect him for that. Yeah. Um a game I wanted to talk about was the Arkansas Texas A and M game. They okay. had uh, Arkansas, by all accounts, should have won this game. And really? Texas is lucky to have survived. Because, I mean, now think about it. Even though they lost to App State, and we're going to make fun of them for that, obviously, mm-hmm. their entire season is in front of them. They just got a top 10 win. They stole one they really shouldn't have got. All of their goals are in front of them, and they can still achieve them. Mm-hmm. The thing with Arkansas is, I think Arkansas is still a very legit team. I feel like I gained a little bit of respect for them. I don't know. If that's the right word wording i should use sure but i mean they were going to score to put the game away until they fumbled it for a fumble six okay. and then they had the oink doink at the last second where it hits the top of the goalpost yeah. to barely not win so i mean by all accounts it shows that they're legitimate and that they can hang in there
0: well it doesn't help that they have to face you guys alabama this week i mean they are about we tough, are their next game <laughs> that's a tough you know <laughs> comeback game for this so i suspect they'll be three and two but still like probably the best three and two team in the country I'm just
1: assuming. Absolutely. And another game I wanted to talk about was Texas versus Texas Tech. Oh, my. And Texas lost an overtime to Texas Tech on a heroic field goal and a turnover. <laughs> I just think that was great because Texas is one of those teams that's just not very good, but mm-hmm. they think they're good. Exactly. And they're – I'm not trying to be a hater, but, like, after my experience with some of their fan base, I just feel like I need oh. to point some things out. Please. And that they act like very arrogant about, about their team when they really shouldn't. They are two into a team and they were lucky that the game was as close as it was versus us. I just want to point out that their fan base unironically says things like, oh, we were dominating them and we were going to blow them out. We were, we were on pace to blow them out. And we were dominating them while they were losing by a touchdown in the second quarter. Because they were losing by a touchdown and hadn't yet scored a touchdown, that means they were dominating us. Dude, I like, want to... think about how yeah. that doesn't make any sense.
0: I need to talk to Texas fans and, and, and learn how they kind of cope. You don't want to. Well, the thing is, they have this, like... Learn un- how <laughs> un- they, they cope. They're just so they optimistic. They're so optimistic. They, they cope
1: with arrogance. You That's know? what I'm telling you. They just go in believing they're better
0: than you because of birthright. Is that what I should do? I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's... I, re- I respect it to a degree. <laughs> see every
1: opponent, see every opponent the way you see Minnesota. Frauds. That's how you do it. The frauds. But no, I'm serious. Like, and another point I wanted to make is we have not allowed a single passing touchdown all year. But Texas thinks that if they had a different quarterback, they surely would have lit us up because they were. They are because they had three I mean, points early in the second quarter and losing man. by a touchdown. To their us. guy did
0: go down in the red zone too, I right? wanted
1: to say my piece on that. Okay, uh, I won't talk about so that game anymore. Texas,
0: I did I'm looking forward to the budding Alabama versus Texas rivalry when they join the SEC. It should be. Pretty it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be, be interesting.
1: Good. <laughs> Another quick game I wanted to talk about before two other games that we're going to close it out with that are going to get a little bit more love is mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Missouri. Versus Auburn. And that is the most Auburn way to win a game. Totally. 100%. I wanted to point out that both teams in the second half combined for zero points. It was 14 (laughs) 14 going into halftime, and it was 14 14 going into overtime. Missouri was lining up for a chip shot field goal. Somehow missed it, right? Yep. Missouri uh, gets the ball first in overtime. They are going, or actually, Auburn scored a field goal first in yep, overtime. Yep. Anyway, Missouri is going to score a touchdown. They yep. are on the way. He reaches out. He's on the two yard line about to score and put the game away and walk off touchdown in overtime, but freaking fumbles it to the back of the end zone. And make no mistake,
0: this. he just, he literally dropped it. It's not like the Auburn player came in, and like made a heroic, he you know, he literally just punch. dropped it. Like trying to reach yeah. out, extend his arm. And, he and, lost and his here's grip. the thing that keeps me about this, Randy, and maybe you'll relate the reaction from the Auburn fan base is, isn't one of, you know, dang, we got lucky. It's, yes, we did it! We did that! Uh, we That's us! It's like, dog, literally the opponent fumbled, like handed you the ball, like almost as literal as you possibly can, handed you the game. You know?
1: I want to be honest, I feel like Auburn fans are actually pretty good about Sometimes they're good about it, and sometimes they're horrible about it, about being self-aware of how lucky they are. They're just are. so insanely lucky like, all the
0: time. It's nuts. They're more
1: self-aware about it when they're unlucky. I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> you think so? Oh,
1: man. I mean, it, they they understand Auburn voodoo. I think they intrinsically understand that. I think more than anything, they kind of feel like their coach, Brian Harrison, is just getting a raw deal from the boosters. And so they're happy to see him... Squeak out a win and just, you know, go one and a for a little bit. They're happy to yes. see him do well yes. because they know his days are numbered and they don't <laughs> want him to feel like wrong. I mean, he's gonna feel wrong, but yeah. You can't help but cheer for the guy in a weird way, you know? Bring back Gus. <clears throat> Bring back Gus, exactly. All right. Another game that needs to get some love, okay. mostly because of the team that won. Kansas versus Duke. Yeah. Kansas won.
0: Kansas, Kansas
1: controlled the whole game. Kansas Can- pretty much controlled Kansas the whole has, game. was like, a, really a decent-looking dip team. Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah.
1: Jalen I- Daniels, 19 of 23, 324 yards, four touchdowns. I saw a stat that it was like um, all-time quarterback rating – Through the first four weeks of the season, and he's like second all time with Tua being first.
0: They they have a legitimately like very good offense. Like I'm not joking. Like they have one of the better offenses in the country. It's it's a joy. And their
1: defense. I was gonna say their defense. Actually, I understand that they they look a little undersized, but they make they have good tackling form. They make open field tackles. They look fundamentally sound. Lance Leopold is brewing something, but the fact that they're 4 and 0 and actually look decent and they play Iowa State this week, this coming up week at home, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to be said for it. And the sure. thing is, in all four of their wins, all four of their wins have not been close wins. They've been legitimate, solid wins, but they're not fluke the wins. Yeah, they're not, not fluke wins, exactly. For
0: sure.
1: And one final game I wanted to talk about was. Oh. Minnesota, Michigan State.
0: (laughs) Good God, dude. This is
1: the most fraudulent win I've ever seen.
0: Well, Michigan State's the most fraudulent team I've ever seen. I can't believe this team was ranked head into the season. Listen, dude, stop what you're doing right now and look up Michigan State's schedule, okay? And in in good faith, can anyone convince me that Michigan State is going bowling this year? I don't see a world world where they get six wins.
1: They play at Maryland next week. I think that's... That's a loss. probably a loss that's a loss oh, Ohio State definitely loss, loss. Loss. We're gonna beat a loss Wisconsin probably a loss Michigan Michigan probably a loss. loss uh Illinois maybe Rutgers maybe, maybe. Indiana maybe. maybe they win like Kansas two State's of those three
0: yeah they win like two of those three between Illinois Rutgers and Indiana
1: maybe I could see four and eight five and Dude, seven
0: honest to God this is one of the worst teams in but the but here's
1: weekend. the thing this Minnesota fans they won 34 0 34 to zero okay that's 34 to seven because Michigan State punched it in with no time, yeah. literally, no gosh, time left gosh, on the We'll call it 34 0 still, okay. But they're gonna treat this as if it's a big time ranked winner, of course, right? They always do
0: every week's Super Bowl. Um, but I it, don't
1: know if PJ Flick did the gritty, that was
0: your walk of the week. That was my huge prediction. I'm in, in my head canon, he did the gritty, it just wasn't on camera. I think that's you know, a, a lot of that stuff stays in the locker room, you know what I mean, these days,
1: true. Um,
0: true. But no, and conversely, you look at Minnesota's schedule. I mean, really, outside of us, I- I'd say their only other loss is going to be Penn State. So, so ultimately, it's just like uh, they have the softest schedule, man. Like they got Ooh. Rutgers, they got Rutgers, Nebraska,
1: Nebraska, Northwestern, Northwestern like, Iowa, come on,
0: Illinois. Like if you score, if you score
1: want a singular field goal, you're going to be Iowa. That's
0: what I'm saying, man. Like we get stuck with Ohio State I every year, dude. Ohio State, and they get Rutgers. Like what? What justice is this? So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fraudulent, but it's going to make... I Listen, as down as I am on Wisconsin athletics right now, um, I, I will say this. We're beating Minnesota this year at home. I've got no doubt in my mind. We're going to beat them, and it's going to hopefully restore a lot of this faith that I've lost in not just Wisconsin, but sports itself, okay? Mm-hmm. Because Minnesota are... They really are the ultimate villains, dude. Like, I, I really hate nothing more in sports than a team that is overconfident and cocky, but not that good. A fraudulent team. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, like, 2015 Iowa vibes from this from these guys. All right? And, and just someone oh, needs dude, to blow them out. Oh. Someone needs to blow these guys out. I think Penn State's going to blow them out, and they'll be a good, you know, kind of, like, return to reality. But, dog, until that day comes, they're yeah, like, yeah, they're going to beat Purdue next week. There's going the
1: to be a return to reality until they play Rutgers next week.
0: Yeah. And then it's gonna in the
1: Super Bowl. Game afterwards and then be like, oh, yeah, we're back. now. it's the gritty all over
0: again, dude. But the
1: yeah. thing is, the Penn, the Penn State game is literally their only ranked team on the schedule at, at yeah. this point.
0: Yeah. Dude, no, their, their opponents combine for a cumulative record of, I believe, 3 and 14. It's, Ooh, it's nutty, bad. dude. I mean, Colorado, pathetic program. You can go down the list, dude. I mean, I will say, shouts out to New Mexico State for getting their first victory of the year. Um, They defeated Hawaii. They defeated Hawaii, which which leads to the question: How bad is Hawaii?
1: I mean, very bad. Good
0: lord! My my take of
1: them beating Vanderbilt in game one was uh, pretty bad.
0: Insane. Um, But I digress. I digress. Um, They're fraudulent. Just give it time, folks. Just give it time. Trust the process. They will be exposed in due time.
1: Alright, so for the next segment, we have the, this was their Super Bowl segment. So for mine, it may be easy to guess who I'm going to pick, but I'm going to pick USC. <laughs> they barely survived Oregon State 17-14 to 14, and their fan base, mostly Colin Coward, is acting like it's the greatest win they've Dude. ever seen. they their God's gift to football. And he even says crap like, he took over a depleted... A depleted roster and they were a mess. And it's like, dog, you took all of Oklahoma's best players <laughs> and all of Oklahoma's <laughs> coaching staff. This isn't some and you took Jordan Addison, the Belit winner. This isn't some depleted half roster. You have more talent than everybody and should not even be hanging with Oregon State. I know. But they act like they are, they just gutted out a tough win. No, they looked horrible.
0: Dude, Cowturn. is the, the ultimate like <sighs> representation of the USC fan base.
1: He really is. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. Before I, before I continue, all
0: right. I, I I hate to beat a dead horse on this, but I've I've a, a unique twist on it for for my uh. This is their Super Bowl award for this week. Um, the Super Bowl is for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but it wasn't <laughs> their game against Michigan State. No, no, no. Their Super Bowl was watching Wisconsin lose to Ohio State, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if you were on Discord during that night, if you were on um, CFB Cord, you saw basically Minnesota fans taking credit for what Ohio State was doing. Now, now, Sweaty, I, listen, hats off for winning the <laughs> game against a fraudulent Michigan State, but you didn't beat us last night, okay? It was Ohio State that beat us, and, and there is a difference. We have to make this very clear, okay? Because you have to understand what Ohio State did to us, they would do to you too. They would do to just about... Every team in the country. I so.
1: did notice that Minnesota fans definitely ecstatic about the Ohio State. I wild. noticed it. I'm just going to say.
0: it's That's all I'm going to say. So that was miserable. So hats off on a game you didn't even play.
1: All right. So for this next segment, this is one that I've been enjoying lately. It's the fraudul- fraudulent or legitimate segment. Okay. So I'm going to list some teams, and we're just going to quickly discuss whether we think they're fraudulent or a legitimately good team. Uh, most of these teams are undefeated. I believe actually all of them are. Okay. So we're just going to go down the list, and that's we're going to start with the beloved Kansas
0: Jayhawks. I think they're actually legit. Like we were saying, dude, their offense is like legit, admittedly very good. And I, I understand their, their defense is kind of sus, but they're a Big Twelve team, so that's to be expected. Kansas is real. <laughs> I think I think I'm
1: going to say legitimate with an asterisk and say legitimate <laughs> in terms of Kansas. Like I think oh, they're actually sure. a legitimately yeah. decent eight and 14 they yeah. could very well go eight and four at this point just based on how they look mm-hmm. and i mean that is very good for them That's like big. none of these four wins are fluke or, or fluke fraudulent wins they're just legitimately good solid wins where right. they played well for sure all right next undefeated florida state
0: uh legit very legit um i actually in hindsight dude remember when everyone memed on lsu for losing the florida state well, yes. LSU is quietly three and one right now, and in a pretty good position to be four and one if they beat Auburn next week. Listen, dude, Florida State has a pretty good resume. They have wins over LSU, Louisville, and a very dominant win over Boston College. They will be tested this week versus Wake Forest, but right now, dude, I think they're legit. I think they're a front runner for the ACC. All
1: right, I think they could be. I mean, they play Clemson in two weeks, and they or play they play Clemson in three weeks. North Carolina State in two weeks and Wake Forest in one yeah. week. So that's going to be a it's very a tough gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next on the list is the, the. undefeated uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. No,
0: come on. I, you know my <laughs> thoughts. They're not legit. They're not legit. I'll leave it at that.
1: No, I really don't think they are. I think they're going to end up something weird like 10 and 2, or maybe even 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be the most fraudulent 10 and 2, 11 it's and 1 ever.
0: 2050 Iowa all over again.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, next is Ole Miss, also undefeated.
0: Dude, I'm like so torn because I want them to be legit, I really do. But I, I don't know. I'm gonna go halfway. I, I had them in my top ten all year, and I, I'm, I'm saying not at the moment. If they beat Kentucky, I, I'll say they're legit. But they beat Tulsa 35 to 27. Like you have to beat Tulsa by more than that, man. I'm sorry.
1: They and they also struggled against Troy, and I kinda wanna say they're looking ahead because they host Kentucky this coming up week. Mm-hmm. And I mean their schedule is not good to <laughs> say the least. I mean Troy, Central Arkansas, Tulsa, yeah. Georgia yeah. Tech. It's pretty soft. unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I I, I think faith, they're gonna but... be a decent team. Yeah. But their schedule is just gonna be tough. A and M, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State, even LSU yep. and now Kentucky. I mean, this is going to be a gauntlet. So they're going to have to play at the top of their game to be a 9 8, 9 win team. For sure. All right. Next up on the list is Penn State.
0: Uh, I think they're legit. Listen, I, I, I get that they also likewise haven't been tested too much. But just again, looking at their schedule ahead here, man, if they can get past Michigan, which would be a huge uh, game in a couple of weeks, if they get past Michigan, the sky's the limit. I, I think ultimately that's going to be kind of the make or break point for both teams this season. So, I, I think they're
1: legitimate, and I, I think, think the Big legit. Ten yeah. East is all they're going to come to. i down to the Ohio State game.
0: For sure, that too. That's
1: what the conference is going to come down to.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, next up is North Carolina State.
0: Uh, not legit. Not legit one bit. Um, and ugh, listen, I don't think Clemson's legit either, but there's no way they win this one, man. I'm sorry. They're going to be exposed this weekend.
1: They do play at Clemson next week. Uh, they beat Texas Tech twenty-seven to fourteen, but Texas Tech is not very good. They <laughs> almost lost to East Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know.
0: I don't like the man. I'm not seeing. They
1: don't really have the talent.
0: Yeah.
1: They're not bad, but I mean, I don't see them as contending for that ACC.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: All right. Next up, USC.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, listen to it. I thought about it, and it it really does pay me to say this. I think they're extremely legit in the sense that they're going to win every game this season, at least in the regular season. Like they're probably a playoff team. Um, do, do they deserve to be? No, but they they find ways to win, man. Like they're, they're the kind of team that like just has that talent and that like that luck, I guess it's, it's on their side. It is what it is. They're going to go 12 and 0. So like inherently they're kind of legit to some extent. I you think know.
1: they're fraudulent, and I think they're just waiting to be exposed. They played three really easy games: Rice, Stanford, Fresno State to open the season, and they were pretty much exposed by Oregon State. How easy it is to get but the who's gonna expose for them. them?
0: Like who in the Pac-12? They have gonna four
1: loseable games. They have four very elusible games against sneakily good teams: Washington State, mm. Utah, UCLA, and Notre Dame, who was looking better, who had Dude, a very solid win over a three and one North Carolina team, and now three and one North Carolina team.
0: I think the only Pac-12 team that really poses a threat to them is Oregon just in terms of talent but Oregon I mean they if they face each other it won't be until the Pac-12 championship so who knows man who knows at the USC
1: who knows all right next up is Clemson.
0: uh it's not legit dog I'm sorry like they they struggled against Wake Forest and they shouldn't have they just shouldn't have The, the the talent differential is massive it should not have been that close it shouldn't have gone to two OT
1: I have to agree. I was not, I thought they were legitimate last week. They just needed a quarterback. But even with DJU playing better, their defense was just exposed. Exactly. Um, And they do play another team we listed, North Carolina State, this week. So we're going to have to have the same conversation about one of them again next week.
0: Two fraudulent teams facing off. It doesn't make one team legit when a team wins. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
1: All right. Fair enough. Speaking of two teams that are about to play each other that I have on this list, oh. is I'm going to just say them together. UCLA and number 15 Washington, both undefeated.
0: I think Washington might be legit to an extent. Like they're they're legit for a Washington Washington team. I see this as like a 9-3 and team getting to a pretty good bowl game, kind of a Washington. UCLA, though, I don't know, man. Like who have they played? You know, who have they beaten? It's, it's just I, I don't have faith in Chip. I'm sorry.
1: Faith and Chip. I think he's going to be fine. This is what like year five for him. I think he has them humming along. I think they're looking better. They went nine. They had nine wins last year, nine and four. Washington's going to play UCLA, Oregon State, Oregon, Washington State, which is some very losable games. Yeah. Um. So we're going to see about Washington. I do think UCLA is mostly legitimate. But legitimate in like a 9-3 and three kind of way. They got a gauntlet,
0: know. though, dude. Their next three games that's, are Washington, yeah. Utah, and Oregon. I, I, I think they'll be lucky yeah, to win one of those. Yeah.
1: I think they can do very well. We'll see. We'll see. And speaking of, on the subject, I'm going to go ahead and give Randy's lock of the week. Oh, here we go. The week is that UCLA beats Washington and has at least 60,000 people in the Rose Bowl because the students are back on campus. I think they show up for this game. No. I think they're ready. 60,000? I think they prove the haters of their attendance was wrong.
0: No, what? Yeah. Are so you 50. serious right now? You were the biggest UCLA attendance hater on the planet. What happened? What changed? I'm not the, not the biggest on the planet. It's you. That's probably true. <laughs>
1: wow. And Big Game Boomer.
0: And Big Game Boomer, that's for sure. Um, my lock of the week is Florida State will defeat number 22 Wake Forest at Home this weekend, listen, dog. People are sleeping on Florida State. I think they're the best team in the ACC this year, and when they defeat Wake Forest, uh, they're gonna start to finally get some of the credit that they deserve. All right, then, shall we discuss some of our uh, some of the games we're looking forward to this uh, weekend? Then, Randy, uh, yes, I'm ready. We each picked out three
1: games in the interest of time because there's so many to talk about that are going to be very, not necessarily season-defining, but almost season-defining. Um, so, anyway, uh, I have Alabama versus Arkansas, an easy one for me to pick to go over. Um, Arkansas had the oink-doink last week. And, of course, this is going to spell a lot for our season as well. So the classic SEC West matchup. And for Arkansas, it's not like they have to win it to feel good about their season, but they need to look competitive. Mm-hmm. And for us, we really need to blow out Arkansas. Like badly because we have <laughs> these issues with it with our offense. I'm saying we need to have we've had these issues with our offense. We don't need to have another game where we just have like five or six, three knots in a row and just look incompetent with horrible play calling. Bill O'Brien needs to prove to us that he got his head out of his butt and that he knows how to call proper plays and the flow of the game. Now that's what I want to see. If it's a close game, good play calling, Arkansas just has talent and looks impressive. And like I'm okay with, but if it's just out of ineptitude like the Texas game. Then I'm going to be mad. And that's going to be a bad omen for how our season could
0: go. Understandable. I mean, I'm sure you guys are going to win this one, but yeah, I, I get the need to win by like 35. I get that. Um, one game I want to talk about is number four, Michigan at Iowa, at Kinnick. Um, this is the kind of game that I think you're going to see a lot of people talking about being kind of like a sneaky game, maybe like an upset sort of game where Iowa could pull it off. I'm here to tell you right now, I think Michigan is going to bounce back pretty heavily after that uh, near loss to Maryland last week. I think Michigan's going to win this one fairly comfortably, and it, it should be something of a big sort of statement win for the program this year. Because there's a lot of doubters, man. It, it feels like Ohio State's the only team in the Big Ten that's getting a lot of love this year. And make no mistake, Ohio State's really good, but Michigan definitely deserves a piece of the pie, too. And I think they're going to get some of that this weekend. And I think it's actually
1: interesting because I think Michigan proved last year in the game that that kind of Wisconsin plus style of football is actually can in some way compete with teams like Ohio State. You just have to add some some ripples to the playbook. You can't just rely on it 100%, right? For sure. For sure. All um, right. So again, what I wanted to talk about now yeah. was Iowa State. <laughs> At Kansas, uh, Kansas is four zero. Yeah, dude. A win here would be would be massive for Kansas as a program and for their season to be five and zero. Pretty much guarantees a bowl game, right? Almost
0: yeah, at this point. But on
1: the same token, Iowa State, little old Iowa State, would after losing to Baylor, they would be three and two on the season, and their schedule's not getting any easier.
0: Yeah, um, And I that. know
1: Iowa State with 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 what's his name Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. It's very possible he could be looking ahead to a job in nebraska
0: that's true it seems like he's probably the the front runner right now wouldn't you say for the nebraska job
1: i think he has enough respect for his team to not do it now yeah, like no he, he wants to finish up the season but he's going to tell them yeah, at the end of the season good go
0: i could see that uh speaking of nebraska a game i want to talk about Ooh. that probably no one wants to see but i'm interested in is indiana versus Nebraska. And the reason I bring this up is because we're in this weird state where like, if Nebraska loses this game, dude, they'll be one and four. Um and I, I'm just saying, man, I, I think Indiana is decent. They had a pretty embarrassing loss to Cincinnati last week. But looking at this one, man, um, even though they are like not really the favorites, they're they're currently um the underdog by five points, I could see Indiana defeating Nebraska. And if that does happen, man, a one and four Nebraska does sound pretty appetizing, doesn't it?
1: All right, so the final game I wanted to talk about was Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Texas A&M, both teams are 3-1, and one, by the way. Texas A&M was extremely lucky to survive with an oink doink last week, and this is another game that it spells everything for their season. Every game is a one-game season for them, and it's extremely important for them to continue to just win however they can because they play Mississippi State and they play Alabama right after Mississippi State. So, ultimately, their season is coming down to this, and they need to show a marked improvement on offense to really have a chance versus Alabama, I think. And also for Mississippi State, I mean, they're 3-1 and one with a pretty bad loss to LSU, where they should have won, but they were they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, anyway, this is going to spell a lot for their season. They have an absolute coming up, too, with Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss. So, they really need to win this game, because you don't know how many more wins they're going to be able to come by.
0: Alright, so um, if, if you haven't been able to tell already, um, <laughs> we've been having some issues with Randy's internet connection. He's been kind of coming in and out with the internet, sounding like a robot every now and then. And unfortunately, we aren't able to actually uh, get a hold of him at the moment. Uh, but I didn't want to just like, leave you guys hanging with that here. Um, obviously, it was nice to discuss quite a bit and, and, and basically recap everything we wanted in this episode... Except for one thing, and that is, of course, the top ten. So I just wanted to quickly go through my top ten to um, just kind of cap off this episode before we uh, call it quits this week. For number one, folks, I mean, I I gotta be real with you. I don't think anyone's beating them this year. It's Ohio State. Now, obviously, I am biased. I, I saw firsthand what they did to my beloved Wisconsin Badgers, but honestly, folks, I mean, this, this team... Is the real deal. I think C.J. Stroud might be the best quarterback in college football. I think he's going to be a future first round, uh, perhaps you know, perhaps number one draft pick in the NFL. This team is just loaded on talent, and especially on offense, man. They're they are just insanely, insanely talented. They can, they can score quickly. They can they can get things going on a dime. I think the only team really that long term in the playoffs can maybe pose a threat to them is is Bama, but. I mean, we'll see, folks. As it stands, I've got Ohio State at number one. At number two, this might shock a few of you. I kind of shocked myself when I really first thought about this, but I I, got to give credit where it's due. I've got the USC Trojans. I've got that Bozo out West at number two. And the reason is, just looking at the Pac-12 on the whole, I don't think there's a single team that touches USC this year, at least in the regular season, at least until the playoffs. I think Caleb Williams, as much as I despise this man, it's obvious that he's immensely talented. It's obvious that, that Bozo at West has a very talented team around him. He was obviously able to siphon off a bunch of talent from Oklahoma as well as elsewhere in the nation. And though I still do believe that he's there firmly on vacation, um, it doesn't mean he can't win in the meantime. You know, I, I think they're going to keep on winning. I think as long as they don't drop a game, their season is going to be pretty solid. I I, I will say this. I think if USC loses a game, who knows what happens. I I think they have a lot of momentum right now, a lot of a streak kind of going on here. But the second, maybe, you know, some of the dominoes topple. uh, Who knows? You know, they might their run of dominance might end. But as it stands, I think they're a lot for the playoffs at this current rate. So give me USC at number two. At number three, I've got the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, listen I, I what they did last week to Vandy was similar to what Ohio State did to us. they slaughtered a p5 team now I know Vanderbilt isn't that good per se it's it's Vanderbilt uh, but I just looking ahead man similar to USC I, I don't know who's gonna possibly pose a threat to Alabama They've had a tough matchup this week uh, this weekend against Arkansas but beyond that man I mean so many things are just kind of stacked in their favor this year. They've got Texas A&M at home, they've got Auburn at home, those are kind of two teams that jump out to you as maybe being, you know, potential problems for Alabama, but beyond that, I, I don't know who else in the SEC really really poses a threat beyond maybe Georgia in the SEC Championship, though, honestly, I was not impressed by Georgia this week whatsoever. I, I think they had a pretty terrible showing against a pretty terrible team, and I, well, I'll just spoil it right now, Georgia's not in my top ten. Full stop. I, I've got them out of the top ten. I'm sorry, but when you have that bad of a performance, when you like are are actually like keeping up a game, like it, it was a game, guys. It was a game heading into the in, heading into the third third quarter there. Um, and to, to me, man, I mean, when you're playing when you're playing a team like Kent State, there's no excuse for that. So I don't have Georgia in the top ten, but who I do have at number four is the Michigan Wolverines. They had a similarly kind of sus game against Maryland last week, uh, but but ultimately, man, Maryland's still a P5 team. You know, Maryland actually has a decent amount of talent for a Big Ten team, uh, and Talia, I gotta give hats off to Talia. He balled out. He looked great. I think Michigan, you know, might have been caught off guard a little bit, but they've got the talent. They've got the coaching. I think Michigan is going to be a legit threat to Ohio State. I think Ohio State's winning it all this year, but Michigan is probably going to be one of their biggest threats um, on that journey to the national championship. At number five, I have the well. I hate to say this because they're low down and dirty, <laughs> but I got the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, their win over Florida last weekend wasn't quite as commanding as I perhaps pred- predicted it would be. It was a little bit a little bit too close for comfort, frankly. But overall, I mean, this team has just so much momentum on their on their side. Um, I, I really believe that they believe in themselves. And, and, and not just like, not like on a surface level way. Like, this team is incredibly talented. You know, they're dominating opponents for the most part. And it, it feels like their wins aren't flukes, if that makes any sense. So I, I, I think Tennessee discontinues the momentum. They keep playing hard, um, ultimately until, well, likely until they face Alabama. And, you know, the, the train might come off the tracks then. But until then... I really like Tennessee. I like their story this year. They're a very likable team, at least from the outside looking in. I, I get why SEC fans might hate them. But from a Big, Ten's, Big Ten fans perspective, they're quite likable. At number six, I'm bringing it back to the Big Ten. I've got Penn State, the Nittany Lions. Um, this team is, like, really just kind of off everyone's radar. And I, I kind of get it. They don't have any huge marquee wins this year so far. Uh but looking at the Big Ten uh, the Big Ten East, Michigan State's pretty much out of the running. Maryland's, well, if they were ever in the running, they're out of it now. It really is kind of coming down to Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in the East. One of these three teams will represent the Big Ten in the playoffs. I think it's Ohio State. It, it could be Michigan. But as a dark horse, I've got Penn State. Um, talented team. I like James Franklin. I like what they're doing. they got a good offense, really good quarterback. I, I like the direction of Penn State. I like where they're heading. At number seven, I gotta throw it over to the Big 12. I guess I guess they do deserve some representation here. My current favorite to win the Big 12 is Oklahoma State. That's right, the Cowboys. Uh, last week I had Oklahoma as my favorite to win the Big 12, but we all saw what happened to them against Kansas State. Um, make no mistake about it. I, I don't know if Oklahoma State's a playoff team. I don't know if any team from the Big 12 is going to be represented in the playoffs this year. I think the conference just is really cannibalizing itself. But, hey, ultimately, one team does have to rise above the ashes and and win it all. And right now, I've got Oklahoma State winning that. I think they got a really good offense, which is obviously needed in the Big 12, but it's such a high-flying, high-scoring conference. Um, But beyond that, I think Gundy, I mean, every now and then, he's just due for a really solid year. And I think after last year's really, really... uh, heartbreaking and close loss in the Big 12 Championship. I think this team is very motivated. I think they're extremely motivated to come back and win the Big 12. You know, I, I don't even think they're thinking playoffs, man. I think they just want the Big 12 Championship. And as it stands, they're on pace for that. Heading over at number 8 is, I, I gotta give some credit to an ACC team after all, right? I mean, the ACC, who knows? I mean, they, they've been down the last couple of years, but, I mean, surely some team from the ACC is going to rise above and, and, and perhaps make the playoffs this year, right? I mean, we're of course talking about Florida State at number eight. That's right, folks. I I am not giving any credit whatsoever to Clemson. Uh, I I don't have faith in them. I do not have faith in DJ Uyungalale. I know they had a very, you know, (laughs) big win over Wake Forest last week. But let's face it, man. If you're Clemson, you have that much talent. You shouldn't be going toe-to-toe with Wake Forest for, you know, four quarters plus two overtime. Um, in contrast, I mean, Florida State this year, man, in hindsight, that win over LSU is actually looking pretty solid. LSU is currently 3-1. and one. Um, I, I think LSU is actually kind of underrated. I hate to say it because I hate I hate Brian Kelly, but they're kind of underrated. So Florida State's win over them, in hindsight, looks kind of decent. Um, listen, someone in the ACC has to rise above. Someone in the ACC has to win it all, has to have a decent season, has to go like 11-1. and one. I think it's Florida State. I like where they're heading. I like the direction of this program. I like I like kind of the momentum that they're that they're gaining. And more than anything, just the confidence that they have. The confidence they have under Mike Norvell. Um, they're definitely trending upward. And speaking of trending upward, folks, I got to hand it to them. At number nine, we have the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, I, I, I get it. I get it. Putting Kansas, you know, ranked alone might be kind of a stretch. But in the top ten, you might think I'm crazy. And and maybe I am just a little bit here. But the reality is, folks, um, Kansas has an insanely good offense. Like, I'm not not even, like, I'm not even trying to, like, uh, imply that they're just good or very good. Like, this is a genuinely great offense. Okay? And they're playing in a conference where great offenses win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, ultimately, folks, at the end of the day here, the Big 12, every game is going to be a shootout. All right, Kansas, I I get that they have a bad defense. I get that they're going to allow a million points, but as long as they score a million and a half points, they're going to win against anyone they face in the Big 12. They've got a pretty rough schedule um, up ahead, but for now, man, I'm Ryan the High. I, I love Lance Leopold. Uh, For those of you who don't know, he won, like, several national championships at Wisconsin Whitewater back in the day. So I've always been a big fan of him. I was a fan of him when he went to Buffalo. He did great things there, and he's doing great things at Kansas. I mean, he might be the biggest name in the coaching carousel this offseason because the things he's done at Kansas, listen, no one's been able to do since, like, 2007. He has a magic touch, let's face it. So got to give credit where it's due. Kansas, number nine. Respect them, gosh dang it. To round it out at number 10, Um, I I really pondered this one for for quite a while. I really wasn't quite sure who to put a 10, because at this point, I mean, at this point, really none of these teams are playoff caliber. I want to make that very clear. None of these teams I'm talking about are going to be in the playoff picture, you know, come winter. But after some kind of uh, introspection, I thought about it. I got to give my number 10 slot to the Oregon Ducks. And here's why. This team has radically improved since week one. I understand they were embarrassed by Georgia. They had the, the doors blown off them. But, hey, on the other hand, they were starting a new head coach. They had, like, what, like six or seven, like, new assistant coaches and, and DCs and OCs, like, depart. They had an entirely new quarterback. It was it was a brand new team in week one, guys. And they were faced up against a gauntlet against the national uh, champions from the previous season. I mean, pretty much any team was going to lose given these circumstances. But what we have seen is Oregon slowly but steadily uh, kind of get things figured out. We saw it last week, especially in the second half against Washington State, in their huge comeback victory. They scored 29 points in the fourth quarter, folks. 29 points. Now, I get that they can be kind of hot and cold, but at the moment, man, they're hot. They're, they're really hot. And they're coming in against Stanford uh, this weekend. I think they're going to have an easy victory against Stanford. It's going to keep building the momentum, keep building the confidence, and ultimately get the Ducks to where they want to be, which is in you know, maybe not the playoff picture, but within competing for the Pac-12, posing somewhat of a threat to that Bozo out West and his USC Trojans. So there it is, folks, my top 10. Um, once again, I, I really apologize for the technical issues um, not having Randy here. Um, I definitely wanted to debate these things with him, but um, just unfortunately, we have been encountering some technical issues with the internet connections and hoping to get that sorted out next week. Hoping for a fun weekend of sports coming up. Hoping I don't have my heart just completely shattered and thrown on the floor yet again. But who knows? It's college football for you. It can be fun, and it can be sad. But until then, folks, thank you once again for tuning in to The Gym Podcast. Um, I, I This this show really is therapeutic for me. I know I said at the beginning that I don't know if I like football, but but one thing is for certain, I like I like the culture around football. I love you guys. I love doing this. I love discussing the games and all the banter, even if ultimately the results can be uh, against my favorite times. This has been the Jabodcast. Signing out once again <laughs> in honor of Randy. Roll Tide.